You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking today about knowing God intimately. So I want to turn your attention to John's Gospel, John chapter 14, verse 21. And here's what Jesus said there. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. In other words, if you want for Jesus to be real in your life, to really know him, just as much as you would know any other person. If you want that to happen, you have to, number one, know his commandments and then keep them. Now, the spirit of the world is something that we have to deal with all the time. And one of the things that he works to do with someone who is zealous, hungry for God, someone who wants more of God, he wants to confuse you. Now, when he can't get you to fall into fleshly sin, he tries to impersonate the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, the first few weeks that I was a believer, three different times, this was crazy, absolutely crazy, three different times, kids in my high school came to me, popular kids, kids that otherwise I would have wanted to accept the offer. They came to me and said, hey, Willie, let's go get drunk. I've got all the booze. I've got a whole case in the back end of my car. I've got some liquor. Let's, you and I need to go drinking. That happened to me three times. And they, all three, all three times they said, we will pay for it. Now, there would have been a time I would have taken those guys up on the offer. The devil never offered it to me when they, uh, when I would have taken him up on it. But now that I'm saved, he comes and throws these things at me. I have to tell you, the first one I struggled with just a little bit because it was appealing. It appealed to my flesh. By the way, that's what a temptation is. You know, a temptation is something that does have some appeal to you. It's something you want to do. And this was confusing to me because I thought, well, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be saved. Why is there a part of me that still kind of wants to do this? Well, it's because the temptation was aimed at my flesh. My flesh did not receive the Holy Spirit. My flesh was not born again. My flesh had appetites. Still to this day has appetites, desires. That's why I have to keep my body under, according to what the Apostle Paul said. I keep my body under, he said. In other words, I don't let it rule me. And so I was learning how to do this. And I said no. First time I said no to the alcohol, it was a little bit tough. Second time, it was a lot easier. And the third time, there was no temptation at all. It just was something I shut down immediately. Because the more you say no to temptation, the easier it is to resist it. Remember that. Now, I resisted those temptations, but then the devil tried something that I was totally unprepared for and didn't know how to handle, and it is exactly the same thing that he pulled on Jesus. 
Now, I want to read to you about the temptations of Jesus because he starts with a strong temptation of the flesh. Matthew 4, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, we are never led by the Spirit to be tempted. Jesus had to be led by the Spirit to be tempted because he has to experience everything that we experience. Since he had no lust in his flesh, the devil didn't have a shot at tempting him through his flesh because his flesh was totally holy. There was never any sting of sin on Jesus. So when he had fasted 40 days, 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now the tempter came to him, and he said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. So what I want you to see is the strongest possible yearning of your flesh is for food. It, it, it is stronger than any other temptation, and especially after you've been without food for all this time. It would be dangerous to eat solid food at this point. If you have fasted for 40 days, you need to break the fast with juices, with broth. You don't need solid food. Satan was trying to kill our Lord with this temptation. And it was a temptation. Jesus could have turned the stones to bread, but he didn't do it. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when Jesus used the scriptures, the devil came back with scripture, twisted, of course, in order to try to tempt Jesus and confuse him. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now, uh, in, in one of the translations, it says, lest at any time uh, you dash your foot against a stone. That is not what Psalm 91 said. Psalm 91 said, they shall bear you up in all your ways, lest you dash your foot against a stone. The way that Satan worded this was that you could put God to the test here, that you could put yourself in harm's way, and the angels were obligated to deliver you. And Jesus knew better, and he knew what the temptation was about. The temptation was about tempting God. Now, uh, the intent of the verse was not that we, uh, that we not test God's deliverance by purposely putting ourselves in danger. Cast yourself down. In other words, take a leap. Uh, that's why I tell people all the time, there is no term in Scripture called the leap of faith. God doesn't lead any of His children to take leaps of any kind. He leads us in steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. So Satan here was trying to get Jesus to take a leap, and Jesus understood what was happening. He knew that Satan was trying to trip him up by tempting him with a shortcut. Now here's what was going on. The devil was giving Jesus the picture, you're the Messiah, you want people to believe in you, you're here on the top of the temple. If you jump, 
everybody is going to see it. And they're going to come to you as soon as you hit the ground. They're going to recognize that you had a supernatural deliverance. And then, man, you've got everybody listening to you. They all know who you are. Now, see, Satan knew he was getting Jesus to break a spiritual principle. He knew it would not have been like he was picturing. It was an outright lie. But he was working this to confuse Jesus. Jesus didn't buy it. Uh, He said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And he's quoting from Deuteronomy 6.16. Now let me read it. Uh, Deuteronomy 6.16, you shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. The word Massa is Hebrew for temptation. And there's a story in the book of Exodus after the children of Israel came out of the land of Egypt and they were in the wilderness and they ran out of water and they began to complain. And they said that, uh, that God brought them in the wilderness to, to cause them to die there. And they chided against Moses. And uh, the place had two names, Massa, which means temptation, Meribah, which means chiding. And so because of the chiding of the children of Israel, because of the tempting of the Lord, they asked this question. They said, is the Lord among us or not? So they were saying, God, are you here? Are you really here? Why don't you prove it? And so getting God and forcing him to prove something is called tempting the Lord. And so Jesus knew that this was not a scriptural behavior. He knew it wasn't right. But I'm saying all of this to tell you that if Satan can't get you outright with the sins of the flesh, he will come back at you with confusion. And in this instance, he quoted a piece of a scripture the wrong way. He quoted that to uh, the Lord. I was sitting in the lunchroom in my high school cafeteria, and I had been sharing my faith with people, and I'd had success leading some of my friends to Christ. All of a sudden, one day in the middle of the lunch hour, I heard this thing on the inside of me. It was in my head, really. And it was, if you really love God like you say you do, if you really believe in him the way that you say you do, you've read, whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. So if you really believe, stand up on these tables right now and scream at the top of your lungs that you're going to hell if you don't believe on Jesus. Can you do that? I didn't do that. And then the devil just beat me over the head with confusion. And I thought it was the voice of the Holy Spirit. I thought the Holy Spirit was telling me to do that. And I thought, oh, Lord, I... I can't do that. I, I, I didn't mind talking to people one-on-one. I did it all the time. But to stand up on the lunch tables and yell and to tell kids you're going to hell and tell you believe on Jesus, I, I, I couldn't bring myself to do that. And the reason that was a temptation is because I had just read the Scripture, whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. Now, What that verse really means is whoever believes in him will not be disappointed by putting your faith in him. So it doesn't mean that you will have amazing boldness at every step and will do the craziest things in the name of the Lord, that you can do anything at any time and do it shouting in the name of Jesus. That's not what that verse is saying. 
But that's what I thought it meant. And Satan used it to rob me of the joy of my salvation. It was only after, at sometimes, following some of those things. I couldn't go anywhere in town without stopping to pick up a hitchhiker, talking to them about the Lord. I didn't do it because I was overjoyed to show my, share my faith. I did it because I felt like I had to or God would be mad at me. Do you see now what he was trying to do? He was trying to rob me of my salvation, and he was doing it by twisting scriptures. And so what I want you to see is that when you become eager and hungry to know God, and you want to walk with God and know more about him, don't be surprised if there isn't an imposter spirit that comes against you with temptation, pretending to be the Lord, to pretending to be the Holy Spirit, with some kind of instruction for you to do something extreme and crazy and something hard. And when you don't do it, then he beats you up and makes you think God's really mad at you. That's not how the Lord works. That's not how he works at all. So if that ever happens to you, don't be fooled by that because that's not the voice of our Lord at all. It is God who works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. So when He wants you to do something, He always puts it in your will to do it. You'll want to do it to please Him. That's Philippians 2.13. That's all the time I have for today, but we'll be back tomorrow. See you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below are going to MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.